0: one of us lived up to our potential and managed our resources so well that we could provide for ourselves, our families, and our communities in a meaningful and substantial way. Join Step Right with Lynn, the show dedicated to empowering socially conscious individuals to manage their financial resources for the benefit of themselves, their families, and the greater community. Here's Lynn Wedham, certified financial planner and managing partner at Step Right Capital Planning.
1: Uh, The title of our show today is Creation Matters, and my guest is the Reverend Canon Linda Nixon. So whose responsibility is it to conserve the natural environment? The Anglican Church includes in their mission to safeguard the integrity of creation and sustain and renew the life of the earth. My guest today... Canon Linda Nixon is Rector of St. James Anglican Church in Cambridge, Ontario, and is a founder and co-chair of the Anglican Diocese of Huron's Enviro Action Committee. Prior to ordination in 2005, Canon uh, Canon Nixon was asked by her bishop to start an environmentally focused committee. This group was created to nurture and facilitate the turning of creation care goals into practical challenges that could be addressed and resolved in the parishes, homes, and communities of Huron. Through a grassroots approach, EnviroAction has achieved gentle but effective change across the diocese. This past year has been pivotable, As the annual Synod, that's the AGM, of the Diocese theme was creation. Over the years, with this grassroots approach, they've encouraged local actions that were attainable. The more recent focus has turned to a faith-based advocacy. The Huron Diocese comprises over 200 churches stretching from Windsor and area to Port Dover and sweeping north to Tobermory. Good morning, Reverend Linda. Good morning, Lynn. When I first became interested in having you as a guest, um, it was that I thought it was interesting that the Anglican Church had as a part of the Church's mission to safeguard the integrity of creation and sustain and renew the life of the earth. Now, since that point, I've learned that it's far bigger than just the Anglican Church. Tell us what you've been doing in Toronto this week.
2: Oh, this past week was fantastic as uh, my co-chair and myself took part in the march, um, Jobs, Justice, and Climate, which was a a wonderful gathering of many like-minded folks. From the faith group's perspective, we were all looking at the environmental issues that uh, are surrounding us each and every day. So it was a gathering of Christian, Buddhist, Muslim, Jewish, Baha'i, and our indigenous brothers and sisters as we talked about um, what it was about the environment and creation that we were concerned about and how we were, as individual faith groups, approaching ways and solutions that we could share with our congregants in the and the people we serve, so it was absolutely fascinating, and to be part of something so historic, where all kinds of groups of people came, with a variety of justice issues, not mm. just the environment, uh, was was fascinating. There was over 10,000 people there. There were 10,000 uh, there. Wow. What uh, what is what's really important to to grasp is that the environment is a social justice issue because mm-hmm. as the environment changes so many people are affected by it losing their their lands or their, their livelihoods um it it's just atrocious mhm
1: mhm and i think um you know in 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 canada and north america there's a lot of times we're really not um aware of the impact of certain purchasing you know certain things that we purchase, um and we're supporting some things that sometimes we don't know we're we're supporting um there's a huge uh you know, we just pick things off the shelf, we're not always aware of um you know what it has taken to create what we're consuming oh
2: that's that's absolutely true
1: uh it is such a complex
2: and overlapping issue. Because in order to produce, well, even just uh, our clothing, it does involve fossil fuels, uh, oil, mm-hmm. petroleum product. Um, you know, So we can't stop buying our clothes, but we can no. certainly look at different ways of, of manufacturing things as well, different mm-hmm. um, re- renewable and sustainable resources. Like there's been a, a movement towards bamboo, for instance, right,
1: uh, yeah,
2: you know, cotton cloth, cotton-like clothing made from bamboo. So there's a variety of ways if we become more socially conscious and aware of um, what we are eating, what we are wearing, what we are using, where it's come from, what the cost of that is, uh, as far as human resources, as far as um, natural resources. Then we can start to reduce our consumption. Mm-hmm. So it it is a matter of awareness for sure.
1: Right. This event that happened in Toronto is it? Uh, how far reaching is this movement? Is it a Canadian thing?
2: Well, there were people there from across Canada. Uh, it did attract attention. In in the U.S. as well, I believe, because we had Jane Fonda join us. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, it it definitely was a national movement in the sense that people came from far and wide to join Mm -hmm. us. So it wasn't just localized in Toronto or Ontario. And um, hopefully hopefully it did catch the imagination and the attention of, of other
1: places as well. So how would something like this ever go from a concept to actually seeing representatives for, from so many groups come together? It's not like somebody had an email list that um you know that that would target um people from these different faith groups.
2: Well, it's just it was a matter of a huge networking um and I believe that it started with Laura from Divest Waterloo, and then Faith in the Common Good, uh, Dr. Lucy Coins, who was my contact with the march. Um, so it was it was just an incredible networking as far as the faith communities were concerned. And then I would only imagine that the same would be true for all of the unions that were represented, all of the other socially conscious um, groups that were involved in the march. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just, you know, they tell
1: two friends and so forth and so on. Right, right, okay. Now, we're often led to believe that to have a strong economy that we have to give up um, something as far as protection of the environment. What is the position that this group would take on that?
2: Well, I've heard a lot of chatter about the fact that it's going to create an economic collapse if we start tar- targeting divestment seriously in the fossil fuel industry. And I've I've been on the receiving end of arguments that <clears throat> excuse me, that we can't we can't just go whole hog at that. And and I respect that perspective, but I think what we tend to forget is that there's a huge economic possibility in sustainable energy as well. Mm -hmm. The research and development of storage for solar or um, other alternative wind energies. And I know that each of those come with their own criticism as well. So there's a lot to learn. But economically, as far as, well, I can only speak for myself, I see that there's jobs. And there's industry to be explored and uh, grow in the Mm -hmm. alternative energy force.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, and I I think that part of the message is here too is that we're we're going it's looking for a win win solution. That's Um, right. Because you know when we're when we're saying jobs, justice, and the climate, um, it's also saying that we want jobs, and there's you know a certain Way that we're addressing a lot of different issues on this. If we say that um, you know that we're committed to having jobs, then we're also uh, addressing poverty to a degree as well, right? Absolutely, um,
2: and and that is why I say the climate, environmental issues, are a moral and a social justice concern because uh, with with the decimation of different environments becomes very clear that poverty rises and all kinds of um social and economic disasters are just down the road. It was very interesting to meet um Bishop Solo from Amazonia. So mm-hmm. what we are hearing from other countries is that our Canadian mining companies okay so i'm not mm-hmm. i'm not uh, striking against <laughs> our mining companies in any way um but some of their practices decimate rainforest mm-hmm. decimate the area around communities which therefore takes away livelihood mm-hmm. takes away their their food production and so small communities are just absolutely decimated by some of the practices of um of mining of any other kind of resource
1: mm-hmm. uh,
2: extraction
1: well but the that, the palm oil is is another one that that um you know i've heard that similar things happen because they it it's it's a matter of um you know they do decimate uh, as you said, the rainforest to create the palm oil, and that's something that is in our food. It's in our um, shampoos. It's really in a lot of products that we um, that we consume here. And, oh, absolutely, um, yeah, yeah.
2: And that's that's the the complex nature of the beast is that
1: uh,
2: how do we reduce our consumption of these products in order to find sustainable ways of producing said product like palm oil. There are there are um palm companies or or extraction companies that do have renewable and sustainable palm growth. Right?
1: Oh, okay. So
2: so it is it is uh just a matter of being aware, of being intentional of mm-hmm. finding the information so that you could tap into products that are being produced by sustainable growth. Right, right. So a a lot of it is, I think, okay, again, I'm speaking for myself, is an awareness of our company practices. How can we change our company practices so that they're only using renewable and sustainable resources?
1: Right. Yes. And and I guess to demand a little bit more um as a consumer so that you know whether um what you're consuming is coming from a responsible company or an irresponsible company that, that is bullying the people in the countries that they're dealing with.
2: Exactly. So and I think the the word divestment scares an awful lot of people but Divestment doesn't have to be wholus, bolus. It has to, in my way of thinking, it is targeting those companies, as you say, who aren't using best practices, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, to encourage them to look at the way that they are doing their business that might be more holistic, not only for their company, but for the earth and the people around them mhm
1: mm-hmm. um on on that note we'll uh, we'll go to a quick break now, um, Reverend Linda, and then we'll come back um, to talk more about this uh, these issues. Okay, thank you.
0: Is there a contribution that you dream of making in society? Planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate. Step Right with Lynn focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on AtoZen.fm. This is Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S. 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at atizen.fm. You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. Now, back to the program.
1: Great with Lynn, I'm your host Lynn Wedham. Uh, today, my guest is the Reverend Canon Linda Nixon, and we've been learning how protection of the environment has become a matter of concern and action for faith groups. Um, <clears throat> so, in this um, jobs, justice, and the climate, um, it's rather unique in that. Um, these groups are starting by looking at what they agree upon, and not on what they disagree on. Um, and, and I would think that it show, you know, it's beginning to show people how much we have in common instead of focusing on um, on our differences. Um, that's a theme that resonates really strongly with me. And I'd like you to speak just a little bit about how unique this this event was. Well,
2: it was the first of its kind, as far as I'm aware, where faith groups uh, came together in in a common interest for the climate and for environmental issues, where unions and focus groups came together with their concerns about jobs and uh, wage, um, making sure that living wage is a sustainable and mm-hmm. probable solution to uh, unemployment or underemployment. Um so the way it came together is is still a little bit of a mystery mystery for me, but <laughs> it uh it definitely speaks of a willingness of people to look at the common common ground as you're alluding because even even the demonstrators that i heard were talking about you know immigration and mm. rights and and uh hopes and dreams of of immigrants and let's face it we're all immigrants at some point mm-hmm. and and so that was interesting one of one of the, the chants that i took great delight in <laughs> was this is what democracy looks like. Mm. We had people of every age and faith and ability, social status, economic status. There there wasn't any area
1: of our
2: Canadian society, I believe, that wasn't represented in that march. Mm-hmm. And wow. for a person like myself... That was a very beautiful thing right and and to hear the chant, this is what democracy looks like. The voices of all of us together um was really powerful
1: um, what now we didn't hear a whole lot of this um from mainstream media um Why do you think that was um why are why aren't they paying attention and why didn't we hear this message clearly when we had um a huge number of people like that together why do you think um why do you think it's so difficult to get this message out well i i think
2: unfortunately uh the media's attention goes to the celebrity not the little guy. Now, there is an online article on the Toronto Star from the Toronto Star. Um, the author is Nancy White. Okay. And four of her little interviews made it into the Star on Monday, I believe. Okay. Okay. But there is 12 in total. Oh, okay. Okay. And they're online. Now, I okay. think. Okay. So if, if you go, you could, I guess you could Google. A jobs, Justice, Climate, Nancy White, Toronto Star.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: And and you will see the, the 12 interviews that she did.
1: Okay, that would be very interesting, yeah. Yeah,
2: and, and so those are the, the voices of just some random participants mm-hmm. and why they marched, which is much more of a human interest story than what was actually produced in the paper. And I think... Mm-hmm what happens, and I was pondering this this morning, that one celebrity voice in the media is more powerful than ten to 15,000 average voices.
1: <laughs> oh, dear. That's not right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it
2: just, you know, I just thought, hmm, that's very mm-hmm. interesting. It's a yeah. very interesting commentary on how
1: we we do things there there is a little bit of there is a little bit of um values going on there right uh as well well.
2: i just i just i just found that very interesting i'm still pondering that thought
1: yeah yeah so tell us more what did you see what did you hear and how did it feel it felt fantastic
2: I've had people ask me, did I feel threatened or was it scary? No, there was never any point in time during the whole day that I felt, um, uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You're in a crowd of 10,000 people and I felt comfortable. Like, it was amazing. I would do it again in a heartbeat. Um, awesome. It, uh, it was delightful to meet all kinds of characters.
1: <laughs> <either their stories. laughs> and and uh and and, uh, and those characters were meeting another character too. <laughs> they were meeting you as well. <laughs> exactly.
2: Exactly. So but I mean I do take great delight in, in all people and um so it was a real privilege to meet so many wonderful people uh-huh. from every corner. It was it was it was just fantastic. So I think the the music and the noise and, and to some of the political posturing gets a little annoying, but um, when mm-hmm. we started marching, everybody was just one. It was just a flow of water, a river of water going down the street
1: and uh it was it was really quite powerful for me mhm mm-hmm. and um there's there's so many issues related to um you know to this this topic of jobs justice the climate um that uh hopefully you know i th- i think there is um i think there is a, a need for people of faith to get together as as well um you know many issues that that we have um you know say in our schools about um you know that that our our faith doesn't have a a place there it's not people of faith that are saying that it's um and and i don't know really where that idea comes from but i think that um you know i think there's many areas where people of faith really do need to get together um to, to come with some solutions that um, that do fit everybody, so I think it is quite a uh, a unique and um, and needed thing that um, that's happening there.
2: Well, and and that's that's true. Uh, my day on Sunday after the march uh, culminated in iftar, which is the Muslim breaking of the fast during Ramadan, mm-hmm. and we were invited as the faith group to a local um, Islamic center. to This was in Toronto? This was in Toronto. Okay. And uh, to break the fast, to partake in Iftar. And it it was an incredible blessing to be there. And there were, again, we gathered as the faith community, so Buddhist, Christian, Jewish, Islamic, Muslims, Um, so...
1: It was an absolute delight. To so see. were all of those people meeting in a mosque, Linda?
2: Yes. Okay. Yes, and so we listened to presentations. Uh, I was one of the presenters that mm-hmm. evening. So we there was six presentations of what basically what we're doing in our faith community. So. I was really taken by the Buddhist and uh, Muslim presenters in the sense that their projects that they are doing within their community at the Buddhist temple, for example, are are striving to achieve zero garbage. And and Hmm. to understand what that means, this temple feeds hundreds of people. Wow. And so they are looking at ways to continue offering this ministry, but having as little impact on the environment as possible. Wow. And they're achieving it. Uh, we achieved uh, something similar at our own synod this past year that uh, you mentioned in the introduction, in that we had five to 600 people partaking in a barbecue on the lawn of our cathedral. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, the organizers of our synod, had found this company that would do the recycling for us. So after five or six hundred people had eaten this wonderful lot of food and, and such, there was half a bag of garbage. Wow! One half
1: of a bag for five to six hundred people. Okay. So
2: this this <laughs> my,
1: now okay. So my my first my first thought is that's not even possible. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it it was
1: amazing.
2: Uh, there's a company in London that uh, will go to your your uh, event. Yeah. And it worked out to be a dollar fifty five per person. So there is a cost because there's the yeah. staff and there's trucks and whatnot. But by the time Everything that was compostable was composted. composted. There was yeah. half a bag of garbage. Wow. We didn't allow. One of my biggest bugaboos is plastic water bottles. Mhm. Um, I, I get rather tense about that. Tap water, a reusable water bottle. You can get water bottles with filters in them now. There's no excuse for buying plastic mm-hmm. water bottles. Mm-hmm. So we had water stations and, um, the folks brought their own water bottles, or we provided water bottles for them. Mhm, but they were reusable water bottles,
1: yeah, right, yeah, even that one even that one issue um you know we've come we've come so dependent on the convenience of that plastic water bottle um and you know it's it's not um you know this is not something that's been with us a long time you know it's no, it's only no. been in recent years that that we have felt the need to have um these to have water bottles um you know so you know just the awareness on that one issue of uh you know how much plastic is going into the environment because of the of the water bottles and i'm not saying that i never drink from a water bottle um but the more aware we are, and the more often that that we um you know that we take um some you know a glass bottle one one of our one of our guests uses sells a a glass water bottle, and the proceeds from that support mental illness in our community and um you know there's there are there are some win win solutions out there to some of these uh oh, to some of these absolutely. issues when we look. But if we look at the,
2: okay, from an economic standpoint, basically you're paying, well, I can't even remember the number. There was a report. You're paying so much more for your water. Like, it, it's astronomical, a thousand times more than if you fill up from your tab for one.
1: Yeah, a thousand times more. It probably is a thousand times more, you know. <laughs> It, it, you're paying
2: so much. You are lining yeah. the pocket of uh, huge corporations. Uh, you're not guaranteed of the quality of the water mm-hmm. that's in that water bottle. Um, and just the waste. Most A lot of people don't properly recycle the, that plastic water bottle mm-hmm. after they've used the one use sure. of it. I was at a concert a number of years ago <laughs> that was ironically... Um, What was it? Oh, it was To Make Poverty History. You may have remember that movement, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Make Poverty History. Anyway, so this uh, charitable concert, thousands of people were gathered there. My girlfriend and I were interested in what would happen when the concert was over. And this was acres of garbage that was left behind from these concert goers. Mm -hmm. And it was predominantly plastic water bottles. Mm -hmm. And we thought, okay, they had recycle bins at the concert, which were full to overflowing. And yet still, the ground was covered in these plastic water bottles. And we thought, okay, well, somebody's going to come and clean this up. What it was was a bulldozer Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) or a front-end
2: loader Mm -hmm. just... Went over the grounds and put everything that was left on the grounds in dump trucks and away it went.
1: Hmm. <laughs> right. So yes, anyway, interesting. Yes, one of my um, Yep. Yeah. We're going to take this moment to go for another break, Linda. And when we come back, we want to hear more about what's um, what's happening locally, um, as far as um, helping the environment. So we'll be right okay. back after this message.
0: Is there a contribution that you dream of making. In society, planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate. Step Right with Lynn focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on AtoZen.fm. This is Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S. 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK or in Canada, 613-800-8736 or you can Skype us at atizen.fm You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca Now, back to the program.
1: This show called Creation Matters with my guest Reverend Canon Linda Nixon. So um Reverend Linda, when and why did the Anglican Church make a commitment to the environment?
2: Well the the Anglican Church of Canada adopted what we call the five marks of mission uh a decade ago plus. And the fifth mark of mission is to strive to safeguard the integrity of creation, sustain and renew the earth. And so, in the introduction, you mentioned that my bishop had asked that uh, I create a, a committee. And it hasn't been all that easy. Like, I mean, it's been hard work and tenacity mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. kept us going. But the the church itself recognizes that we have a responsibility to creation through our faith, in that we are stewards of the earth, and steward means that you have uh, a responsibility to take care of something, right? So mm-hmm. it, when when we first um, started the committee we we looked at just simple ways that people could involve themselves people could start realizing that even just little actions will make a difference and so you know we encouraged that whole reduce recycle reuse program Mm -hmm. that uh, was very predominant 10 15 years ago Mm -hmm. and um so they they changed their light bulbs they got rid of styrofoam they looked for biodegradable products and, you know, non-phosphorus or low-phosphorus detergents when you're doing your dishes and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so in order to encourage people to enter into those, those patterns, we developed a green award system in the Anglican Church of, of uh, Huron, here in okay. Huron. Which uh, you just defined the territory, and it was fairly successful. It basically it was a working tool to help people, you know, pinpoint things that they could do to make their buildings more energy efficient, to, to minimize uh, their garbage or what they were using. And um, actually, after after two or three years of doing it just locally here and here on that green award tool was adopted by the National Church. So the Anglican Church of Canada now has it as green certification where any of the churches in the Anglican Communion here in Canada can apply for uh, certification, whether they're a light green, deep, uh medium green, or a deep green. And so with these... <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, so depending on on what you are actually accomplishing, because what we're trying to do is get that environmental attitude not only from personal level or a congregational level, but uh, into our liturgy so that our prayers and um, some of the services that we have are really focused on caring for creation, giving God thanks for the creation and the abundance that is here for us which
1: to, you, to you know earlier you mentioned that the indigenous people attended um the event in Toronto um mm-hmm. you know that that sounds more like them than <laughs> than our uh-huh. uh, than our usual um than our usual prayers at church <laughs> well and and you see and that's why
2: we're changing the prayers we're changing the liturgy liturgy is a uh, a very powerful tool in the anglican church and uh, as we gather each sunday or on a special event that we make sure that we are always keeping creation
1: before us. Mhm. And and so, it and, and that's a a lot of what you're talking about is awareness, right? Absolutely. Yes. Awareness and in
2: in intention. Mm-hmm. You know, the more thought that we give to the things that we use, the more we're going to be aware of what we can do without
1: right so what i'm hearing is awareness intention stewardship and responsibility
2: mhm as mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, also you know finding ways that we can make a difference too uh we we gathered at our here on church camp one year and had workshops on you know giving people the tools and the information that they might need or want to to understand better how they can help the environment we've we've gathered groups together and walked down the Thames river in london with the the city of london's initiative to to clean up the river
1: mm-hmm. a
2: small group of people in a very short period of time gathered seven bags of garbage along the river's edge
1: Yep. Yeah. Um, I do that it, with we, my with my Lions Club. There's a stretch of road that that we look after. Um and it's just mm-hmm. on the way outside of of Cambridge and it's just amazing. Um you you'll hit certain spots which are just full of fast food bags and stuff like that. So it's just like they've bought their food in town and they've gotten so far out and they've dumped it. Like you know, when you talk about being responsible um, like, that's one little thing, but why are people not responsible enough to hang on to that garbage till they get home?
2: That's a very good question.
1: You know, I have and no then, answer. I, and then there is the, you know, the. Um, you know, are the fast food companies making things that are biodegradable and, you know, can they reduce some of the packaging? And as far as reducing packaging, I guess they're probably not doing too bad a job, but there's probably still some styrofoam there and things that, you know, they could address as well. And uh, Well, and,
2: and, and the products are out there. Like I, I go back to the, the Synod, this company, the plates, the cutlery, and the napkins, were all produced from sugar cane. Okay. So they're 100% biodegradable. Wow. Uh, um, The joke was, (laughs) when I made the announcement that uh, this was going to happen at Synod, I said, you can even eat your dishes. (laughs) 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 But it
1: wasn't a requirement, (laughs) right? (laughs) Very high-fiber, but,
2: you know, you... So their their products are out there, and that's you know we go back to jobs, justice, and climate. Right, right.
1: So let's support the company that's let's support the company that's producing that had correct. the foresight to produce this stuff, yeah. and
2: let's get more of them so that the price mm-hmm. can come down. Because mm-hmm. I think I think what stops people too is the cost of finding that product, right? So styrofoam's really cheap. So I'm going to buy yep. a a bag of 100 plates for $3 or $4. Mm-hmm. Um and it's going to cost me 10 to buy the biodegradable, right? Right. So I think I think that is part of the stumbling block, but until we have more money diverted into these reusable or um biodegradable products then we're always going to have that economic bump.
1: Mhm. Well, one so, quick solution I would see is we tax the uh we tax the stuff that's hard on the environment and make, you know, that would help to equalize it uh, right there. It's yes, I
2: suppose that is uh one of the ways that they're talking about uh, fossil fuels as well, the carbon tax and yeah. You know, if you're going to use it, you're going to have to pay more for it. It's very ironic that our our uh, hybrid cars are twice as much money as our gas guzzling cars.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now, there, when you buy one, there one thing that I just became aware of recently is that there is a there is a government bit of money that helps with that too. Um, I I wouldn't say that it it brings that car into um, you know, equal uh cost but but there is something that I don't I was not aware of it. Um because um it's it's something again that we can research um before we um you know, before we purchase. Um mm-hmm. that there is a that there is a subsidy in there to help a bit with that price which um
2: yeah, okay. probably yeah. a lot
1: of people don't know.
2: No, no, and and uh, I mean there's always something to learn <laughs> always yeah.
1: always yeah
2: something to learn. Uh, another project that I do want to um bring to your attention is how we entered into the pollination garden like you know the crisis with the bees yes. and our pollinators the um the maybe urination. you should
1: explain maybe you should explain the crisis in case you know in case we do have listeners who aren't aware of of that as well so maybe start by describing that
2: well the the thought is and the feeling is is that pesticides uh particularly neuronics are creating a crisis in bee production so a lot of our beekeepers are losing numbers vast numbers up to two-thirds of their hives due to the pesticide use that has been going on. And so to help uh, sustain and renew that loss, we needed to consider how to feed these little creatures that are responsible for pollinating everything that we take delight in, from our flowers to our food. And uh, so we, we had a project brought to us by one of our committee members through the London Foundation that he's involved with, and um encouraged our congregants to start planting plants native to the area that would attract bees, butterflies, wasps, whatever, because they're all pollinators. And right. so here at uh, St. James, we, we took part in that project and put in a garden specifically for pollinators, bees, mm-hmm. butterflies, etc. And it is amazing. How many species of insects that have come that we have I've never seen before. Oh, uh, and so it, the the intent was to have these pockets of gardens all over our diocese, mm-hmm. so that as in insects in their local area can find the food, they're they're stronger, they're healthier, right, and they will they will eventually come back in numbers. That's the hope.
1: As yeah, well and there, of course. Yeah, and there is some there is some power in that because you're talking about several communities. How many gardens were, were put in in the area? In the pilot project, ten. And uh-huh. they uh
2: they were a variety of vegetable garden and flower garden and uh community garden. So not only were were they intentional about um making sure that the insects had food sources but they were also growing food for local food banks and such.
1: Yes, and and I I have um uh, I've noticed that um just being in in different cities I had uh, now I don't know what denomination it it would have been, but I have noticed a couple of times where there was a vegetable garden in the um uh, you know, in the yard of a church, and and uh, so that's maybe something that's that's catching on a bit too. I think that uh, it's it's another area. I think we have to go back to producing more of our personal food. <laughs> yes, absolutely,
2: absolutely. And and I mean, environmentally consciousness would su- suggest that we always think local, which mm-hmm. is. is Again, another economic <laughs> yeah. double-edged sword because, you know, you can't always get what you need or, or perceive you need locally. Plus, then you've got uh, trucking industries in it and companies that depend on... Um, Export and import and and all of those things. So, again, it just adds another complex layer. But yeah. on a on an individual and daily basis, if we think about our food as something that we use, m- the majority of local food, Yeah, it, it it all will help eventually.
1: There well, and you, local using local food, even packaging, right, is better for the environment if we you know if we go locally and and uh and use the basket that we've come from it means again like you know, sometimes things are they're packed in plastic or styrofoam or um you know so even even the packaging you know, producing local is is far better and the other the other issue is um you know there's been recalls on stuff that i had no idea could go bad right you know mm. like all kinds of things and it just um and we're worried about you know what goes the pesticides that are they're used elsewhere and um if i've grown it myself and i put it in a can even myself or i freeze it at least i know um, you know
2: where it came from yeah yeah
1: yeah well so, and the local farmers markets
2: um I mean, we're really blessed here in this area with St. Jacob's and, and all yeah. kinds of farmer's markets that we can, if we choose to, go to to support our local growers. Mm-hmm. And, and then you have an opportunity to actually talk to the producer and, and ask them about their practices. Sure. You know. Yeah. Whereas when we go to the grocery store, we just trust that all of the things that the government is set up
1: to protect us are in place. <laughs> mhm. Mhm. So in your gardens, did you grow milkweeds? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Milk <laughs> and maybe weed tell weed. tell our listeners why we would put milkweed in our gardens. <laughs> <laughs> milkweed
2: has this wonderful nectar that feeds an awful lot of of pollinators, but most especially our monarch butterflies. Uh, mm-hmm. That's what uh, milkweed is noted for. But each each insect that lands on these plants takes feeds from it, gets the nectar from it, which helps sustain their little life. But also then the, the pollen from that plant sticks to their little legs and gets spread all over the place. So that uh, without pollination, we don't have growth. Right? Mm-hmm. And what's very interesting for us here at St. James, or at least for me, is that down at the end of um, our road is a cornfield. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to have corn, you have to have the insects that are going to pollinate mm-hmm. each and every one of those. Mm-hmm. So we've noticed um, that we do get a lot of of unique little bees, there's a little green bee that I'd never seen before. And um, mm. y- you do get wasps, of course, as well. People mm-hmm. are afraid of them. But they're important to to keep that circulation of pollen going, too. And the butterflies, of course. We've seen all kinds of butterflies. And we know that if we have a healthy little group of insects here, then just down the road in that cornfield, hopefully there will be as well.
1: hmm and, and these, these gardens, um, you know, when you think about the, the pollination and our dependence on that, it really—it's um, it, really symbolic of the interdependence that we have on nature.
2: Absolutely, we are part. We are so part of creation that there isn't a part of creation that we can do without,
1: uh, even our yes.
2: insects. You know, we. We are so interconnected with the earth and with creation, and I, we forget that. We mm-hmm. forget that. Without the worms, we don't have dirt. <laughs> without right. the dirt, we don't have plants. Without the plants, we, you know, we don't have, um, well, without the insects, we don't have the plants. You know, and it's just this this huge cycle, and without the plants, we can't have any kind of life. So right, it's all important
1: yes and we have only a few minutes left Um, linda what message would you like to leave with our listeners and um, you know perhaps there's a way they can help Um, what would what would you leave as your final thought
2: well i would just say that don't despair about the environment there's always hope we just we can do this together together pull it together like we showed on Sunday with the faith groups we can do anything if we work together and um mm-hmm. be educated be aware mm-hmm. uh be conscious of of the use of the things in your life you know and um get back to that reduce recycle reuse attitude that we had in the in the 80s <laughs> mhm mhm
1: And we'd um, encourage people to take a look at that uh, Toronto Star, Nancy White, um, Jobs, Justice, and the Climate. Google that and take a look at um, what happened at that event um, to -hmm. be aware of that. And uh, we'd also ask our listeners to share the link to this show, um, you know, so that people can uh can learn <clears throat> more about this issue and more about this coming together of uh of like-minded people as well.
2: Yes. And just uh just be aware and um, yeah. live well <coughs> live well.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and plant milkweed seeds.
2: Plant milkweed, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I I did plant I did plant some the this this uh this year um Annette brought them home to me, so I did get some uh, milkweed seeds <laughs> Well, we, uh,
2: we kind of have been pushing them around here so that's yeah
1: great. Yeah, that's great. yeah no it it is it is great um so thanks so much for being with us um today uh Linda, that was very interesting uh you know to know what <clears throat> went on on sunday with the uh uh with with the march jobs justice, and the climate. And uh, um, so thanks so much for being with us today. Well, thank you. It's been a delight. And Yeah,
2: it's always fun.
1: It is. It's always fun. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And we wish you well in your work, bringing awareness to the protection of the environment and the steps that people can take to help, um, as well as the win-win proposition represented by Jobs, Justice, and the Climate. And we'll yeah. look forward to hearing more from you at uh, at some time in the near future.
2: Oh, well, thank you very much.
1: Okay. And Bye-bye. remind you, this is Lynn Wedham. The show is Step Right with Lynn. Until next time, take the right steps to support yourself, your family, and your community. Bye for now.
0: Thank you for choosing to listen to Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham will return next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Mountain, and 6 a.m. Pacific on A FM. We hope you'll join us. Remember to celebrate your wealth by doing something for yourself, your family, and your community. Until next time. Being visible, being social, being heard, what desires are you ready to create? Would you like to take the next step?